0: Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Continuing with our journey of Umdat al-Fiqh of Imam Ibn Qudam al-Maqdasi rahimahullah ta'ala Today we're going to take the chapter known as Bab, Bab Qadha al-Haja The chapter of uh, relieving oneself, going to the bathroom manners, answering the call of nature However you would like to translate it Now this comes before the chapter of Wudu, why? Because it's imperative to remove the filth from oneself and to clean oneself before you make wudu the imam he says it's recommended for the one who enters the bathroom place where he's going to relieve himself to say bismillah so he used the word mustahab what does mustahab mean it means recommended what does it mean technically what's the definition of mustahab technically if you do it you're rewarded if you do it, this action, you are rewarded. If you do not do it, you are not punished in any way, shape, or form. What's another synonym for mustahab? Sunnah and for no, for mustahab. So sunnah, mustahab, and there's another word, mandub. Okay, sunnah, mustahab, mandub. They all mean the same thing. So the Imam he said, if you want to enter the bathroom, you say Bismillah. What is the benefit of saying Bismillah before entering the bathroom? Ali radiallahu anhu narrates as collected by Imam Tirmidhi that the Prophet sallallahu jinn wa said that the barrier between the eyes of the jinn and looking at your private area, your aura if one of you enters into the bathroom is to say Bismillah so when you say Bismillah the barrier comes up between your private area and the eyes of those who would want to pry from amongst the jinn When do you say the Basmallah? The basmala. when do you say it? Before you enter it. Very good. So the scholars, they make Tafsil. Tafsil means they give more detail and more explanation, okay? This word Tafsil. They make Tafsil and they say... They make Tafsil and they say that if the place is... a place which is a bathroom made for you to relieve yourself, then you say the basmala before you enter into the bathroom. But if it's a place which is not made for you to relieve yourself, like outside when you're camping or something of that effect, then when you say the basmala is when you come close to the ground or when you're about to lift your clothes up. In that sense you say it. At that time you say it. The Imam, he goes on and he says that after you've said the basmala, you say, أعوذ بالله من الخبث I seek refuge in Allah from the khubathi and the khabaith khubathi with the damma means the male devils al khabaith is the female devils but if you say khubathi with the sakoon you say khubathi khubati, you don't say khubu you don't make it into a dhamma now khubati means evil Right, Khubthi now with the Sukun means evil And khaba'ith means the male and female devils See the difference? So if you say khubuthi with the Dhamma It means the male devils And khaba'ith is the female devils If you say khubthi with the Sukun It means evil, all types of evil And khaba'ith means male and female devils Okay, So it's a difference in meaning there The imam, he continues and he says From the evil and the filth of the shaitan that has been cursed and removed from Allah's mercy, right? Some of the ulama, they say that this hadith is weak, such as Imam al nawi Others from amongst them, such as Imam ibn Hajr al askalani rahimahullah ta'ala they said he said it's authentic. So there's a difference of opinion in the uh, hadith, in the dua, is it authentic or not authentic, right? This part of the dua where he said, minarijsin najisish rajim, okay? And the word najis, can be said with the fatha or a kasra. You can say najas or you can say nids Okay, it can be said with a fatha or a kasra. And just generally many of the ulama, they say, look, when it comes to some of these ahadith, which you find in the chapter of, um, uh, of adab, right? Some uh, adhkar are weak. They said you could say them from time to time. It's not a problem. But the problem is if you say it continually. So even if there's a difference of opinion, don't get into a debate with somebody. It's okay to say it from time to time. It's not that strict an issue. The strict issue is if you continually say it. So in any case, the Imam, he said, rijsin najisi rajim, wa ghufranak." And when he comes out of the bathroom or the place of relieving himself, he says, "Ghufranak." He says, oh Allah, I seek your forgiveness. So why does the person say after going to the bathroom, I seek your forgiveness? Ibn Taymiyyah rahimullah ta'ala, as one idea as one opinion he said it's because you didn't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so a part of your life went without you remembering Allah az-wajal. subhanallah so therefore you have to seek forgiveness of Allah Tayyib. but others they say in reply to him no who told you not to remember Allah as az- Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah himself told you through the Prophet wa not to remember him so the better thing is not to remember Allah in that situations others they said it's to It's because you are unable to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the blessing of removing this filth. You can imagine people, you're a doctor, right? No, not you? Oh, there was another one. You can imagine people who have that situation, may Allah protect us, that they're unable to remove the filth from their bodies, what it does to them, the negative consequences and the hardship it causes them. So this blessing which is so huge and so, so beneficial to us, That we are unable to thank Allah truly for it. That's why you say Gufarnaq. That's why you seek Allah's mercy having left the bathroom. Imam ibn Qayyim, he makes a very good point. He says, as you've now thought about relieving yourself from the physical filth, you should now think about relieving yourself from the spiritual filth. Right? You relieved yourself from the physical filth. So now you should relieve yourself from the spiritual filth, which is done by making istighfar. Beautiful point of the Imam. So in any case, you carry on after saying what was said, gufranak, and you say, Praise be to Allah has, who has removed from me the harm, the filth, and he has left me in a state of good health. Again, as before, this part of the uh, dua, there is ikhtilaf and it's authenticity. The imam, he goes on and he says, and when the person enters into the place where he's going to relieve himself he enters with his left foot and he leaves with his right foot Imam Nawi and other scholars they said that the left foot is used for that which is mafadula, Mafdullah means that which is held in low regard and the right is used for that which is fadila that which is held in high regard Mafdullah, you use the left for that which is low regard, for that which is high regard, you use the right. And one of the proofs of this is in Bukhari, our mother, Aisha, she said, uh, She said the Prophet used to like to use his right when he would uh, put on his shoes, do the right foot first, when he would comb his hair, he would do the right first and in making purification he would do the right first and in all of his affairs aisha radiyallahu anha said and in the Mustadrak of imam al-hakim uh, radiyallahu anhu anas ibn malik he said asunna idha dakhla ahadu kullo masjid and tabda bi-rijlikal yusra bil yumna wa idha khrajta and tabdi and tabda bi-rijlikal yusra uh, Anas anhu, He said the sunnah If one of you enters into the masjid Which is a place which is fadila A place which has high regard Then you should start with your right foot And when you come out back into the world Which is مفضولة Something which is in low regard The dunya Then you start with your left foot So this is in general A proof uh, For one of the reasons why the imam He said that when you enter into the bathroom You enter with your left foot And when you leave You enter with your Exit with your right foot Exactly the Imam, he says, one point of benefit here, as we go into what the Imam says next. Uh, many of the scholars, they said there is a qaida, there is a rule. Not al-qaida as we know them, al-qa'idah. qaida, there is a rule. That, um, that rulings pertaining to the area of manners, adab in Islam. Rulings pertaining to the areas of adab, like adab qada' al-haja. Like the mannerisms pertaining to going to the bathroom, etc. If the Prophet ﷺ gave a command, is to be taken as mustahab, and if the Prophet ﷺ gave a nahi, a, 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 a forbiddance, is to be taken as makruh, as disliked. Right? It's not to be taken as the Prophet's command; you have to do it. Rather, it's recommended, and the prohibition is not to be taken as haram. Rather, it's taken as disliked or severely disliked. So many scholars they said this, and this was mentioned by Sheikh Abdullah. Uh, Abdul Salam al Shawayr in his explanation of the book that we are studying, Umdut al Fiqh, and also it was mentioned by Imam Abdul Barr, uh, the famous Maliki scholar, in his book, At Tamheed. So the Imam he says, The person going into the bathroom shouldn't go into the bathroom with anything that contains the name of Allah Azza wa unless there is a real need to do so. Unless there is a real need to do so. So can I take the Qur'an into the bathroom? No, you can't, can you? But what if somebody's going to steal my Qur'an? Young boy, very good. Answer the question. You made him shy, Baba. I was going to ask him the second question. No problem. Tayyib. So very good. You cannot take anything into the bathroom which has the name of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the proof of this is, in Abi Dawood, it's narrated that Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi uh can nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam idha arada an khala that the prophet sallallahu if he wanted to go into the uh, bathroom areas the places to relieve himself he would take off his ring he would take off his ring so what is the wajhud dalalah wajhud mean what is the point of evidence his ring used to have muhammad rasulullah the name of muhammad and the name of allah azza so these are things that have Ta'zeem. And Allah says in the Quran And likewise Allah says in the Quran In in Surah Al-Hajj Magnifying the symbols of Islam Is from the piety of the heart So there's no way that you can want to take The name of Allah or the name of the Rasul Or anything of that sort Into a place which is lowly like the bathroom etc Even I've seen I've, I've had the blessing of sitting with teachers When they teach Quran The Sheikh he gets upset, we're taking notes. So we put a paper on the Quran or even a pen, just rest it. That's all we did. He gets very upset. He says, I'm not telling you it's haram. But he's saying, this is the word of Allah Jalla." So look how the people of piety, they have ta'zim the of the words of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So in no way, shape or form can anything be taken into the bathroom. There is, there is discussion amongst ulema who say, for example, if your Quran is going to be stolen, you really feel that it's going to be stolen. You praying in a masjid where everybody is extreme Shia and they're all thieves and you feel that they're going to do something crazy, they might nick your Ahl Sunnah Mus'haf, then in that case you can take it in. But as for us, inshallah, we avoid such a situation. The Imam he says, And the person when he's going to relieve himself, he inclines towards his left foot, or he puts his weight on his left foot, or on his left side, right? Now there's no authentic evidence for this statement, but rather, many have said that they found this to be beneficial for the person when he's trying to relieve himself. So if the doctors, doctors or people of medicine they say to you, "This is something good to do," then go ahead and do it. But if not, then whatever you know, sails your boat, whatever is, whatever is easy for you, whatever is easy for you, do that. Uh, Shaykh Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala in his explanation of Zad al-Mustaqna, Sharh al-Mumta, he gave a very nice ta'lil. Ta'lil means reasoning. The ulama, when they use this word ta'lil, it means reasoning. One of ta'leel, the ta'lil that he gave, he said, this is takriman lil yumna. It's out of respect for the right foot, that when you're defecating or relieving yourself, you go more to the left and you leave alone the right. It's just the ta'lil that he gave. The Imam he carries on and he says abada And if the person is in an open space he goes as far as he can and he conceals himself. He goes as far as he can and he conceals himself. It's narrated by Abu Dawood uh رضي الله عنه the hadith كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا البراز انطلق حتى لا يراه أحد. That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, when he wanted to relieve himself he would go far away to such an extent that nobody would see him. Unlike what many of us have experienced growing up in countries in the West, for example, where people will openly relieve themselves in front of you on a Friday night or a Saturday night. It's crazy, yeah, some of you are thinking, what on earth? But this is the kind of things that you find in some countries. Whereas Islam, this pristine religion, tells you to have shame, tells you to be bashful, and it's not something to be shame and to have bashfulness. Rather, it's something which is held in high esteem in the sight of Allah Azawajal. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the most complete and the most best of creation, was described as being more shy than that of a virgin. This was the description of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would go far and he would make a sitr of himself. He would hide himself so what is the ruling of hiding yourself in fact one of the explainers of this book dr. Abdullah ibn Muhammad in his course known as Ta'seel al-Fiqhi he says rather what is mustahab what is recommended is not that you just hide your aura rather what is the ruling of hiding your aura wajib right compulsory that's a must that's a given that's understood but what is recommended is that you hide the whole of you from head to toe all of you is hidden. That is what is recommended by the imam and by the ulama of fiqh. That when you go to relieve yourself, the whole of you is hidden from the people. The imam, he says, Wartada Mawdian rahwan." And the person, the next statement, the imam, he says, Wartada Mawdian rahwan." He looks for a place when he's going to reveal, uh, re- 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 relieve himself, a place that is soft, a ground that is soft. Why? Because if you're... As if you're urinating, it will come back on you, right? It will come back to you. And the Prophet ﷺ in Bukhari and Muslim, the Hadith of Ibn Abbas, Anhu, is narrated, Marra Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa The Prophet ﷺ is narrated that once he passed by two graves and he said, Verily these two are being punished. And they're being punished for something which is not big. And then he said, Rather, it is big, meaning in its consequence. As for one of them, they never used to protect themselves from the drops of urine affecting their clothes. So it's a serious punishment. So it's something that we have to try our best to avoid when we go to the bathroom. So here the Imam he says, You look for a moudi, a rakhwan. You look for a place which is rakhwan, okay, soft. And just for those who like Arabic linguistics, rakhwan is one of those words which has tathlith arra. rah. arra rah means you can say it in three ways. You can say with the Dhamma, the Fath and the Khasra. You can say Rakhwan, Rakhwan or Rikhwan. Okay, Rakhwan. So, the Imam, he says next, وَلَا يَبُولُ فِي ثُقْبٍ وَلَا And the person, it's recommended for him not to relieve himself in a place where there is a hole or a type of a crack in the ground. Why? Why do you think, what's the ta'alil? what's the reasoning for not? urinating in the hole in the ground or a crack huh i can't hear you loudly a scorpion or something or a snake or something could pop out and harm you right so you've come close to the ground to relieve yourself may allah protect us it's not a good idea to do and also some of the ulama such as uh, imam Abdul Razak in his musannaf and uh, Imam imam uh, bayhaqi one, Imam al Razak in his Musannaf and Imam Hakim in his Mustadrak they mentioned that Sa'ad ibn Abada, anhu, the great companion he was in fact killed after urinating into one of the holes and it was heard later on that the jinn they were making poetry saying that we threw one of our arrows upon Sa'ad and we didn't miss Okay, so something which is serious to avoid urinating in those areas um, a side point what is the situation about urinating, standing up? Aisha radiallahu anha, our mother, she quotes, she mentions in the hadith in Tirmidhi, she said, Aisha, she said, whoever tells you that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi would relieve himself standing up, then do not believe him. He would never relieve himself except for sitting. So this is the asl the the foundation of how we relieve ourselves is how do we stand or do we sit we sit ahsant we, we sit right but there's another hadith in bukhari the hadith of hudayfa anhu who said ata Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa bala qa'iman the prophet he said i saw him come to the rubbish dump of the people and he urinated standing up so Asha is saying there's no way the prophet urinates standing up except for sitting hudayfa said i see i saw the prophet sallallahu urinate Standing up, is there a way you can make jam? Jam means to unite between the narrations. Is there a way you can make jam between these two ahadith? Jam, you need to give a reasoning for it place. exactly. It was an impure place, so he couldn't come close to it. The closer he comes to it, the more uh, difficult it, it would have been for the Prophet. So it was rather an exception to the rule. Okay, that's how we can make jam between the two ahadith and this is one of the reasons uh, one of the uh, reasons that uh, sheikh muhammad muqtar al Hafid Allah, he gave in his explanation of uh, tirmidhi the imam he carries on and he says you cannot narrate and uh, urinate uh, in these situations where he says Nor can you urinate in a path nor can you urinate in a place which is beneficial shade Okay, not in a path, nor in a place which is beneficial shade, and he says, "Wala tahta shajaratin muhtmirah." Nor under a tree which has, uh, which bears fruits. So three places: a path, beneficial shade, or um, a place where a tree bears fruits. Right? What is this based on? It's based on the hadith in the Sahih Muslim, where the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "It taqwa قالوا يا رسول الله the prophet said avoid the two that are cursed they said oh prophet of Allah what is the two that are cursed he said the one that relieves himself in the path of the people okay in the path of the people or under their shades why is why are they cursed you would curse the Muslim right if you went to sit in a place and it's full of filth You'd curse the people who cause that filth. So the Prophet ﷺ is avoiding us from getting that curse upon us by not falling into this action. What is the ruling here? The ulama they said this is one of the exceptions. They said this is haram. Why? Because you're harming people. So obviously, in no way, shape, or form are you allowed to harm people. Okay? So urinating in their pathways or under their shades is harming the people. Therefore, it becomes haram. But with regards to the place where the um, fruits drop, or under trees which bear fruits, Imam Nawi in his book Al Majmu', he said this is not given the ruling of haram because it's not definite that the fruit will be affected by the uh, the filth. Okay, it's not definite that the fruit will fall. For example, so in that situation, we still say it's makru. The Imam he continues and he says, "Wala yastakbilu shamsan wala qamaran," and once urinating. It's, it's recommended, or it's makru for you, to face the direction of the sun or the moon. I've never understood what me- they meant by this. I've, I've, I've set so many explanations and texts, and I just can't conceptualize it. They say, do not face the moon or the sun. Maybe they mean when the sun is coming down, or I, I can't understand it. But anyway, they say, the imam and those uh, of this opinion, they say, do not face the moon or the direction of the sun. Why was the ta'aleel, was the reasoning, the creaming, out of respect and honor for this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The majority, they say, no, it's allowed because in the hadith in Bukhari al-Muslim of Abu Ayyub al ansari radiallahu anhu, he said, the Prophet sallallahu sallam, said, la al qiblata wa la bi ghaitin wa The Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, said, do not face the qibla and do not turn around don't show your back to the qibla when you are relieving yourself rather turn to the east or to the west turn to the left or turn to the right depending upon where you are meaning turn away from the qibla right and obviously they said if you're going to turn to the east or the west you're going to face the sun so they said it's allowed the majority said but our imam he said it's not allowed okay our imam said it's not allowed and what is the reasoning that i gave for our imam and others saying it's not allowed to face the sun or the moon when relieving? out of honor right out of honour. Okay, the Imam he carries on and he says, "Wala al wala And when relieving yourself, you do not face the qibla, nor you do, do you turn away from the qibla due to the hadith which I just quoted. Right? This is the ruling. And then he says, "Wajudu dhali kafil bunyan," but that is allowed to do so in a place which is a bunyan, in a building of some sort, a place which has a structure. It's allowed to do that in the building why because we have the hadith of the uh, prophet sallallahu in bukhari ibn umar radiyallahu anhu he narrates he says raqitu yawman ala baiti ukhti hafsa radiyallahu anha he said one day I, cli- I climbed upon the house of my sister hafsa faraitu an nabiy sallallahu alaihi wasallam qa'idan li hajatihi mustaqbil al-sham mustaqbil and i saw the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was on the roof he was relieving himself and he was Facing the lands of Sham and his back was towards the Qibla. So what has the Prophet ﷺ done here? He's done something which is going against what he commanded not to do. In the previous hadith of Abu Ayyul al-Ansari, he said don't face the Qibla nor give it your back when you are relieving yourself, right? But our imam and those who agree with him, they said it's allowed in a place which is a structure because of this hadith of Ibn Umar that he saw the Prophet ﷺ do it. Shaykh Abdul Aziz Rajeh, and his explanation of this book, al fiqh he said, "Al-Qa'idah." He said, "The rule, or one of the rules in the fiqh." He said, "If the Prophet ﷺ forbids to do something, then he goes ahead and does that which he had forbidden to do." This shows that the nahi, the prohibition, was not for tahrim. It was not. It was not for the level of haram. Rather, it was for the level of makruh disliked or severely disliked okay so this is one of the ways we can understand why the prophet ﷺ did it sometimes the prophet ﷺ gives a command but it's not to be understood that it's haram rather it's severely disliked or disliked so sometimes the prophet will do opposite to show that it's allowed or it could be that he forgot the prophet ﷺ was a human being so the ulema give different reasons as to when they discuss this in any case our imam he said it's allowed in the areas where there is a structure the Imam, he carries on and he says فَإِذَا When you finished urinating, you should wipe your private part. What he means by wipe it is to do this. It's like you're trying to bring everything out of it. And once you've done that, then you should pull it three times. Okay? Again, there's no authentic narration for this. And in fact, some of the ulama, they said this is detrimental for you. It's detrimental for your private part, for you to pull it or to wipe it in that nature. And also they said it's detrimental for your psychological state because you're going to start to have what's worse. You're going to start to be that person, oh my God, is something still left? Did I wipe it enough? Did I pull it enough? And that's going to cause you two problems, physically and mentally, right? So they say no, rather what you do is you leave it. Like Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, it's natural. Once you finish finished urinating, that's the end of your urine. It's, it's done. It's, Allah Azawajal is giving you that natural ability. And in fact, they say, as mentioned by Imam Ibn Majah, he collected a hadith where he said the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi al-Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, farjahu. The Prophet Sallallahu made wudu, and then he made nadaha of his private part. What's nadaha? When you sprinkle water, a handful of water, right? The Prophet Sallallahu would sprinkle his private part, and he would sprinkle the clothing. What's the benefit of that? It protects your mind, right? The you know, Shaitan won't be able to come to you and give you doubts. So, so that's the sunnah to do, is after you finish urine, you sprinkle your private area and uh, clothing with water. Okay, not with the, the, the hose, right? You want to go back into office looking like that. Just sprinkle yourself and that will save you from having any doubts in any way, shape or form. The imam, he carries on and he says, وَلَا <laughs> biha." The, pr- the person who's relieving himself shouldn't touch his private part with his right hand. Nor should he clean himself with his right hand. Because we have the hadith of Abi Qutada, radiyallahu anhu, which is in Bukhari, and Muslim, where the Prophet ﷺ said, لا يمسكن أحدكم ذكره بيمينه, That none of you, وهو That none of you should uh, hold his private part with his right hand whilst he's urinating. Okay? Nor should he clean himself from the bathroom with his right hand. And nor should he blow into a container, which is the end of the hadith. So the hadith is clearly telling us that whilst in the state of cleaning oneself or defecating, you cannot use the right hand. Thus, how does somebody clean himself? Hold it with your left, and the thing that you're going to clean with, is good it's the easiest way, right? But if you want to use a tissue or a stone, you hold it in your right hand. Okay? That's the way that you do it. But you don't use your right hand to clean. You would move with your left hand. Your right hand remains in place. You will move with your left hand. Again, mentioned by Sheikh Mohammed Muqtar and Shikita, and others in the explanation of this book book. The Imam he says, Thumma yastajmiru witran. We've nearly finished. Thumma yastajmiru witran. Then you make istijmar witran. Istijmar. It's from Jamar, which means small stones. And the Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, If one of you makes istijmar, meaning cleaning himself with the small stones, then he should finish on witter, three, five, seven. If you go beyond seven, something wrong with you, right? <laughs> three, five, seven, uh, stop on witter. And then the imami says, ثُمَّ bil ma.' And then he should use water, okay? After having done that But if he doesn't use water And he just does istijmar, Meaning he just uses the stones Or tissues Or something of that type To clean himself Then that suffices It's not a must To use water But the author He did recommend to use water Right And this is what the ulama They say it's recommended to use water In Surah Tawbah You have the ayah where it says فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَتَطَهَّرُوا وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ المطهرين. In there are men who love to purify themselves. And Allah loves those who purify themselves. Now the ulama of tafsir they say that this was revealed uh, about a group of the Ansar, the people of Quba. And when it was revealed, the Prophet Sallallahu sent out some people to go and ask them, what is it that Allah has commended you for in the Quran? What do you do that you love to purify yourselves? They said, none of us leaves... Uh, the bathroom, except that we use water after having done so. This is the thing that we do, and that was the thing that Allah loved them for and, and commended them for. This hadith, as mentioned by Sheikh Abd Aziz uh, Al Jibreen in his explanation of Umdatul Fiqh, not the Alama Al Jibreen who passed away. People confuse the two authors. This is Sheikh Abd Aziz Al Jibreen who is still alive. In his explanation of the book, he said, This hadith is Qareeb, qareeb il Al Hasan. Meaning it's very close to being at the high level of authenticity. And all other hadith which talk about this issue are daif, okay? So the imam, he says you should use water. Now, if there is a... um, It's recommended to use water. But you're allowed to use, we said, the imam said, you're allowed to use only stones or tissues or something to that and not use water. What does this show us? It shows us that if there's a trace left after having cleaned yourself... By using tissues or stones, then the trace is overlooked. Because had the trace not been overlooked, water would have been obligatory for you to use. So in some parts of the world, you may not have water. You cleaned yourself from the bathroom but you find there's still a trace left. Don't worry about the trace. It's not it's overlooked in the in the Sharia of Allah Azza wa Jal. The Imam he says, and verily istijmar is acceptable, istijmar meaning using the stones, istijmar is acceptable if the defecation didn't go beyond the norm. If it went beyond the norm, somebody was sick, I don't want to describe it, went beyond the norm, somebody was sick. And in that case, you of course have to use uh, water and it doesn't suffice just to use the um, istijmar. The imam, he says, "Wala min thalatha masahat it's not allowed to use less than three wipings, which clean. Okay, three is the is the bare minimum of wipings according to the Imam and those who agree with him. In Sahih Muslim, we have the Hadith of Salman al-Farsi, رَضِيَ اللَّهُ where he said, "The Prophet ﷺ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ The Prophet forbade us from facing the Qibla to relieve ourselves. Okay. Or that we make istinja, cleaning yourself, with less than three stones. He also forbade us from using the right hand. Or that we use dried animal dung, or that we use bones. Okay, so these are the things that the, uh, Salman al-Farsi mentioned has been prohibited by the Prophet and our, our um, point our Shahid from the Hadith was that, less than three times, <laughs> the Imam, he goes on and he says, bi kulli yunqi al mahal." And it's allowed for you to make istijmar, the cleaning, uh, with everything which is munqi lil-mahal, which is pure, and it will clean the place. Is foil pure? Yes. Can you use it for making istijmar? Yes, according to what I said, but think a bit no because it's not munqi. Munqi means it's not it has to be cleansing foil will just make the issue worse right glass will make the issue worse so whatever you use has to be munqi, meaning that it has to clean it has to be beneficial for cleaning the imam he says he said you can use everything which is pure which will clean the place then he said except for roth." Roth is animal dung, right? Dried animal dung. You cannot use that. Nor can you use that which has hurma, that which has sanctity. Sanctity, like food, it has value. Uh, books of knowledge. You cannot, okay, I've got an extra copy of this book, I'll rip some paper out. No, you cannot do stuff like that, okay? So this Imam, he says this is not allowed. And with regards to um, using Roth and Idam, uh, using dried animal dung and bones, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in the hadith that this cannot be used. For verily, it is provision for your brothers from amongst the jinn. Their animals be- benefit as food from the dried animal dung, and for them, the bones, they find food on that. So you shouldn't use that for cleaning yourself. And the Imam, at the end of it, he said, Wallahu a'lam. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala knows best. And this is such a beautiful statement of the Imam. He's from the Imams of Ahl Sunnah he's from those who are known as being mountains of iman and taqwa and knowledge and he also made jihad with um Salahuddin not only does he have knowledge he has the virtue of jihad but look what he says he said Allahu allah knows best and this is what knowledge is supposed to do to us it's supposed to humble us it's supposed to make us realize that what we're learning what we've come to know what it does for us it shows us how much we don't know it's not like okay we learn something and now i know everything no it's the complete opposite I've now learned that I don't know. I know that I have to be quiet, I have to keep learning, I have to be humble. Okay? We shouldn't be like those people who love to show, I know this, I know that. SubhanAllah, this Imam is saying, Allah knows best. He's having that humility. So, knowledge should make us have humility that we say, Allah knows best. I don't know, you know better than me. Okay? It's easy for us to say that. I don't know, and you know better than me. In any case, uh, that was the end of that chapter. And just to add that the ulama, they also said that when you're relieving, you should avoid speaking in the bathroom, okay? You shouldn't be having a conversation on the phone or with anybody else next to you in the cubicle. Uh, nor should you spend time in the bathroom longer than you need to spend. So if you're reading a magazine and you find that the article is interesting, just leave it for later. Taib wa sallallahu alayhi wa Meaning you shouldn't spend more time in the, in the bathroom longer than you should. And uh, anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mistakes and shortcomings were from myself and shaitan. If you have any questions, then feel free to ask. If not, may Allah make it heavy in your scale of good deeds. Ameen.